0: It's the Modern Life Podcast. My name is Tabby, and today we're talking about Dr. Thorne. Colleen is my guest today. You can find her on Instagram at ilikeoldbooks1213. She was the perfect guest for this episode. I really appreciate all her knowledge and expertise on literature and on Dr. Thorne. And without further ado, let's dive right into our modern thoughts and then talk about the main topic, Dr. Thorne by Anthony Trollope. When I was a child, my father owned everything you could see from this window. Ten years later and every penny is gone. Mr. Gresham, it's not good. You owe Scatcherd more than three quarters of the value of the estate. Thorne came here to advise us as to whether there
1: is any way to rescue the estate
0: mother i shall hate greshamsbury if i hear one more word of what i have to do to save it
1: i will explain it is his duty to his parents to his family and to the line from which he is sprung
0: to marry
1: money to marry money
0: we're back with the modern life podcast my name is tabby and i have colleen here with me how are you doing I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So let's start with our modern thoughts. Good. What have you got for us today?
1: So I'm, I'm kind of an old school person, but probably my most modern thing that I do is my friends and I watch uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh. Um, that kind of got us through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it got us through the pandemic, you know, watching mm. it virtually. Um, And so we've kept that up. And the finale just aired this past weekend. I don't know. Do you watch Drag Race?
0: I don't know. I've seen like clips from it and it always looks like so much fun. It looks so great.
1: Yeah, it is. And um, we were a little sad about the results, though. Um, We all really loved Lady Camden. (laughs) Who was uh, is from Britain and was just this really talented dancer and Lady Camden didn't win, uh, but
0: that's such but a great name. Won. I love that, <laughs> Lady Camden. <laughs> Do you and your friends? You said you watch it virtually together.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what we did for most of the pandemic. Luckily now, you know that. Hopefully things are getting a little better. We are able to sometimes watch it actually together. Um, But, you know, sometimes it's just easier. We're all maybe lazy or have had a busy weekend and we're just like, let's just watch it virtually. So
0: That's a really good one. I know a lot of people are watching Drag Race right now it's just like turn off your brain and
1: yes yes
0: (laughs) that's great so mine is i've just gotten addicted to this new youtube channel or new to me it's called girl with the dogs and all it is is this woman recording herself grooming dogs and cats at her business and it's oh my gosh it's like It's kind of like, uh, watch the dogs, you just turn off, and there's something just so satisfying about her, like, giving them little haircuts, and, like, washing out their coats, and brushing them, and it's just, like, there's no point to it, but I'm like, it's just something nice to watch.
1: (laughs) That's so cute!
0: (laughs) (laughs) And she has all these little, like, facts about dogs and cats, and I'm like, oh, like, I don't know why I needed to know that, but now I do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I'll have to check
0: that out. Yeah, so anyways, I think that's it for the Modern Thoughts. We'll go into talking about Dr. Thorne, and I'm just going to give a really brief summary. So it is a 1858 novel by Anthony Trollope, and it is book three and the Barsetcher's series i don't i don't ever know how to say that bar said sure <laughs> i'm saying it wrong um so the story goes while dr thorne is a good and honest man his brother seduces and impregnates the sister of roger Scatcherd. in a rage to defend her honor roger accidentally kills dr thorne's brother Roger's sister leaves her baby with the dutiful Dr. Thorne while Roger is in prison for manslaughter. About 20 years later, the baby has grown into a young woman by the name of Mary. She's very close with the Gresham family, who is, however, in debt to Roger. He has done well for himself after prison, but he dies of alcoholism, leaving everything to Mary. The Gresham's son, Frank, has fallen in love with her, yet his mother forbids the match, not knowing that she's an heiress. Frank is to marry money to save Greshamsbury. After many ups and downs, in the end, of course, all comes right. The couple's united, and Mary's money saves the estate. Um, that's kind of the gist of it, leaving out a lot of characters and things that happen. And I realized going over my notes that I first read this book. Oh, <laughs> <That was> good! <laughs> I first read this book like six years ago. It's been a while, and I was wondering, what was your entrance into like Trollope? Because for me, this was the first book I read by him.
1: Okay, so, um, I was an English major in college and, mm-hmm. I, and I, I liked them, but I was very distracted by like, uh, the Brontes and George Eliot. And so, you know, I didn't give him as much thought. And I did kind of put him to the side for years and years until mm. last year on Instagram, I joined a group that was reading the Barchester series. Mm. Um, and so last year, I read through the entire Barchester series, including Dr. Thorne, obviously. And that's really what just like, made me fall in love with Trollope, this series. Dr. Thorne was actually kind of the turning point for me because the first two books I really liked, they were fun Um, and, and in Dr. Thorne, I started out kind of grumpy about it because it didn't have the same characters as the previous books and I was kind of like, oh no. But then I just became fascinated by the techniques that Trollope was using in the book and the way he just, he lays out all the faults of his characters clearly. Like, there's no, oh, this is the ideal woman. This is the ideal man. No, he, he lays it out, mm. but he also never villainizes anyone and, and see the characters as full people rather than caricatures or stereotypes. And I mean, when I finished Dr. Thorne, my mind was just blown. I, I, I was on this like high because I just couldn't believe the things that he did and I loved it so much. And that just is how I felt about the whole rest of the series. I loved it so much. And so now he's one of my favorite writers. It just took me 20 years to figure it out.
0: (laughs) I love that. Um, I love what you said, too, about the the characters and how they all feel very real. And the series this time around, watching it um, by Julian Fellows, I noticed that I really felt for Frank's mom, Lady Arabella. And when I first was like getting into the story, I thought she was so mean. She's trying to keep Frank and Mary, you know, apart. But now it's like, well, she's kind of in a tough position. She's responsible for her husband's money troubles and she can't really rely on him as a partner. Like, that puts a lot of pressure on her. Uh, and just when Mm -hmm. she also tells her daughter Beatrice not to use her fiance's Christian name there's this one little scene in there and it's just another scene of like oh mom mom is so annoying blah blah blah. and this time I'm like I don't know like Lady Arabella has like a lot of responsibility and like three children she has to look out for.
1: Mm -hmm. No I totally agree with that I don't and that's why I love about this book is you, you can't really just put the blame on any one person and see one person as the bad guy or gal.
0: Yeah. Did you like the show at all? Did you think it did justice? I
1: did. I did. You know, I did. I, I think it does simplify some things. You know, um, for the characters, you get a lot more depth to them. Um, and also Dr. Thorne. In the book, you see how sometimes his pride really gets in his way, That's and true. It, he's a little bit more flawed. Yeah, he's a little more flawed than I think they, you know, let him be in the book, or I'm sorry, in the movie. So, you know, in some ways, it's simplified. But I really liked the casting of the mini series. I was really happy with the way it was cast, and that definitely like made me overall pleased with the series. So
0: yeah i would agree with that um i think one of the most fun castings is um what's her name martha dunstable the rich heiress from uh america with the oil of lebanon yeah I, I thought she did such a such a great job i forget the actress's name now. i think it's Alison Bree.
1: yes and you know in the book i don't Think she's American, unless I'm forgetting something. And I even looked back, actually, and I don't think she's specified as American in you the book. You might be right, yeah. But I, 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 but I was fine with that choice, you know. For I, I think it was fun because it kind of made her stand out. And yeah, I mean, she's probably my favorite character in the book. Um, and and they definitely, you know, did a good job with her. <laughs> yeah.
0: What did you think of Tom Hollander as Doctor Thorne?
1: I liked it. I thought he he was a good choice because he kind of has that quiet dignity, uh, which I think is really That's appropriate true. for mm-hmm. for Doctor Thorne. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're right about that. He has this kind of reserve, but also a lot of presence when he is in, yes. in the scenes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and I also really. I, I, I mentioned that what I like about Trollope is that he doesn't turn people into caricatures. And I felt that that was really true with all the casting, too. That, you know, if Lady Arabella had been cast a certain way, she could have turned into this, like, obnoxious caricature. Mm -hmm. But she didn't. You know, the actress had a very, like not, her her physical appearance wasn't too extreme in any way. And so she did come across as relatable, as you were mentioning. Um And my favorite, favorite, favorite was the portrayal of Roger Scatcherd by Ian McShane. Oh, yeah. Talk to me more about that. You're right. So the character of Roger Scatcherd is really one of the things that ended up catching me off guard with how how well he was portrayed, just what his alcoholism and how sad it is that he, you know, maybe wouldn't have ended up in this way if he hadn't had as much success as he does. And I, the book just really captures the tragedy of it.
0: Mm. Um,
1: and there, there's a scene towards the end of his life where he hopefully oh that wasn't too much of a spoiler.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. We you we're doing no, spoilers. That's right. you, you,
1: okay. Um, where he, his son had has just visited him and he can see that his son is kind of going down the path of alcoholism mm-hmm. as well. And he turns to the wall and, and just thinks about that, that like, he's made a mess of his life his son is making a mess of his life and the tears just like come down his face. And the way that Trump describes, it, I mean, it's so moving. And, you know, I, I, sadly, I feel uh, that the type of character that he is could have turned into like a bumbling joke. You know what I mean? But oh, Trollope, right. doesn't, Trollope doesn't let that happen. And mm. they didn't let that happen with Ian McShane either. You know, he's he's kind of handsome. He has that physical presence to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he just doesn't come across as bumbling. He comes across this man who could be really powerful and sadly just has kind of, you know, destroyed himself.
0: That is such a good point. Um, I think the relationship between Dr. Thorne and Roger is also just one of those elements that really adds to that. Because, I mean, mm. he killed his brother, yet they have this very moving friendship that's like this push and pull. And, you know, Dr. Thorne's not going to let himself be dominated by him. And they they still kind of need each other.
1: I agree. What do you think about... Dr. Thorne not telling Roger till pretty close to the end that Mary is his niece.
0: I think we can see why he did that, right? Even if we don't necessarily agree with it, it would have really changed Mary's life um, to have that connection, especially because Roger doesn't seem to be that well.
1: You know, it's one of those things that it just... I still haven't stopped thinking about it (laughs) like a year after reading the book, you know, feeling like, well, it wasn't fair that he, you know, kept Roger from somebody, you know, he could have loved in his life. Like, maybe Mm. I see that side. But but then, as you said, I mean, maybe it was protecting her um, because Roger... It, you know, has some, some issues as does his son. So it, it is, it's one of those choices that I just, I don't know really what is the right choice, which is I, one of the things I love about Trollope too, that it's not like good people do this and bad people do this. It's, you know, characters grappling with decisions that are really tough to make Mm -hmm. and that when we we, and we put ourselves in their position and we don't even really, you know, know what exactly is right. So I keep pondering that one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I wanted to go back to characters, like you said, as as villains and angels and how Trollope doesn't Mm -hmm. really do that. I, I think the character that comes closest to that is Mary, and I'm kind of mm. conflicted about her because she seems to be confined by her function as this dutiful daughter. Like, we have to show mm. that Thorne could not have raised anyone else but someone who is this nice, and because her birth is also questionum mm. questionable, I wonder if her behavior has to be kind of more immaculate for the Victorian audience to root for her and cheer for her. Or maybe I'm totally off the mark, but I'm just curious about how readers would have seen her at the time.
1: Sure. And I, I really feel too with that, that I agree that in the film version that really is how she's portrayed. Like she has more of this angel type Mm. quality and perfect. And and I really felt that in the book, I feel like there's this spirit of independence um, and, and, and moral strength that isn't completely captured in the film. Uh, Um, Yeah, you're right. And I actually have a quotation that I thought I might share, um, just to kind of, just to kind of show, like, I feel like she has this spirit in her that's just kind of, to me, mind blowing that Trollope was creating female characters like this. But it's when Lady Ara- Arabella, mm-hmm and her sister go to Mary at her house and tell her, you know, she needs needs to give up Frank because she has nothing to give in return. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mary thinks to herself, was it in fact true that she had nothing to give? Her maiden love, her feminine pride, her very life and spirit and being, were these things nothing? Mm. Were they to be weighed against pounds sterling per annum? And when so Wade, were they ever to kick the beam like feathers? I love the way that she's thinking about that. Mm. You know, this marriage market where money is supposedly everything. Well, what about myself? You know, who I am, ev- my entire life, isn't that worth something too? And it's, it's, it's moments like that, you know, where I, she's, she just seems so ahead of her time that I didn't really get that as much in the miniseries.
0: Oh, you had the perfect quote for my question. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) There is a moment in the very beginning when Frank and Mary, when we first see them together on screen, where Frank tries to flirt with her. It's obvious these two people love each other. And Mary says to Frank, I know that you're young. And Frank says, I'm older than you. And Mary says, but I'm a woman. Uh, I love that line too.
1: Yes. Oh, it's so good. So good. And that actually gets to one of my, my. Beliefs about Trollope that I noticed in the Barchester series, and I've continued to see in the Palliser series that I'm reading this year, is that I, he has this type of young man that he loves to portray. And I call, I call, I call the young man the goon, um, who is just this goof who is clearly less mature than the female characters, <laughs> as in what you just said. And he just kind of, He's nice and he's handsome and he's well meaning, but he also just has no idea what he's doing. Um, and he gets into all sorts of scrapes and he has a little problem with not being able to avoid flirting with women. And they did, they kind of softened Frank a little mm-hmm. bit in the film. It, they made him much more the like romantic hero and all that. But in the book, you see like he flirts pretty severely with um patience oriel the vic- you know the vicar's sister and gets into you know some he says some things that a man who's in love with someone else probably wouldn't say um and and with miss dunstable too in yeah. the book he he actually proposes to her and she's just like what are you doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I don't know. I thought it was interesting that, but it, it, the book really does support that idea that the women are just these, these moral strengths, but the young whippersnappers, the young men, they have a lot of growth that needs to happen. <laughs>
0: It's interesting because in the book, I did not really like Frank. I wanted Mary to stop wasting her time. And I think that is a change that needs to occur in the series for us to root for them as a couple. Right. Yeah, I agree. And my favorite quote from the book that I wrote, I went back to my notes, like from six years ago when I read this. (laughs) But it's when Trollope writes. So the the. Book starts out with his birthday party, and Trollope says later on in the book, Frank had become legally of age, legally a man when he was twenty-one. Nature, it seems, had postponed the ceremony till he was twenty-two. Nature often <laughs> does postpone the ceremony even to a much later age, sometimes altogether forgets to accomplish it. And just this like idea of these like man children back in Victorian days, it's like, oh, there's yes. always been that guy. <laughs>
1: Yes, yes. Oh and this is what I come up with this phrase, this hashtag Trollope Truth Bombs, where he just like (laughs) lays out like those zingers like that and oh my gosh, that is one of them.
0: Since we're still talking about Frank, I was wondering what you also thought of the change of him not beating up the ex fiance of Augusta. Because in the book, he starts <clears throat> whipping him outside the club. Yes, and...
1: I was devastated. Really, um, <laughs> I was devastated that that was that scene was not in there. That is one of my favorite scenes in the book. Really, I think it's so I was violent. Laughing hysterically. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. I mean, and I, as you said, they needed to make him, you know, they softened him up because we need to root for him. And they did that. But oh my gosh, the way Trollope portrays it in the book is just so hilarious. He takes this like mock epic tone and is like... Moffat, there was no one there to save thee from thy doom. And it just makes it like so ridiculous. And I just could picture them, I mean, just acting like complete goons, as I said, and fools and just Oh, it's so funny. was um, <laughs> so sad that they took that out
0: (laughs) it shocked me honestly when i read the book i was like dang frank like this guy's not because it's not like it's not like honorable either they kind of gang up on him it's not like they have equal weapons or anything like that it's just
1: (laughs) right and he says he's only gonna hit him five or six times but then he just keeps going (laughs) so yeah it it is but and i mean there is quite a few scenes like that in some of the Trollope books that I've read where like a guy just kind of wallops on another guy but and the thing is is it's never portrayed in like this noble manly Uh, light and they they just both end up kind of looking like idiots
0: (laughs) that's good to know I hadn't thought about it in that way how maybe Trollope is trying to say something Uh, yeah because i
1: I mean man children at work
0: (laughs) (laughs) i I do think it's interesting that he does so much work on frank to make him more likable yet augusta he like julian fellows can't really bring himself to give her that same treatment are you familiar with
1: Mm. downton
0: abbey at all like did you watch it
1: yes i did
0: so Julian Fellows like famously said like oh there's people who just always get like the short end they just have bad luck and that's how he wrote Edith like something bad always yeah. happens to Edith and he gets kind of the satisfaction out of writing that and i felt like that's what he was doing to mm. Augusta cuz she you know Moffat breaks up oh, with yeah. her they probably can't afford to like you know sue for breach of promise and you probably don't even want to do that cuz it's like a bad reputation then she falls in love with this lawyer and then she gets talked out of it by her cousin but in the, in the book this these scenes are so different that it made no sense to me that at the end oh. of the show like the cousin has suddenly snatched up the lawyer even though we get this big speech from her about like our oh, lawyers are beneath us and so on and so forth and in the book that happens about 4 years later and there's a great quote about the De Courcy family and how like high and mighty they are and Charles says No female scion of the present family, of course, he had as yet found a mate. We may imagine that eagles find it difficult to pair when they become scarce in their localities. And this is kind of why she ends up going for the lawyer, even though she talked Augusta out of it like four years before. But I think shortening that time period in the show was just so nonsensical. And you were kind of watching it going Mm. like, what is happening here?
1: Yeah, I know. And speaking of shortened time periods, I noticed the same thing too with they, th- there was shortening even with Frank and Mary's courtship. Mm-hmm. When he comes to see her at Box Hill that one time, she doesn't really accept him. She, she just lets him hold her hand a little. And then he goes away for a year to Europe, um, at, <sighs> yep. in the book. Um, And that's completely taken out of that. So, yeah, I um, it is interesting how those time frames are. And, yeah, I agree. I feel that in the book, I felt really bad for Augusta in the I book. Um, I don't know. I felt really sad for her. I mean, it's not like you can really blame her for her choices because she's trying to do the best she can with how she's been taught you know the yep. things she has been taught to to care about and yeah I always felt really bad for her and I always hoped that like in a future book she would find somebody but it, it never it never happens for her <laughs> it's kind of sad
0: and I feel like Julian Fellows kind of plays it as a joke like oh the cousin got with the yeah. hot lawyer and I'm like I, I'm not laughing like I'm just if I yeah. was writing this I would have made that change no problem. I would have been like she gets right. the lawyer, she gets her happy ending. I just want Augusta to, him to be
1: happy. Right. <laughs> but but that is the thing too about Trollope though is that he does not always give people happy endings um or 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 i should say the endings that the reader wants the endings that the reader sees as being the you know the happy ending that's not what he always does even for some of his main characters actually in some books um you know the the people you think oh they'll get together in the end they don't always um and i just i'm very interested by that you know his portrayal of the marriage market and how sometimes it it doesn't end up happy for everybody and people get burned you know Mm.
0: yeah what what did you think about the show kind of hinting at the end that miss dunstable and dr thorne might be an item
1: (laughs) well uh, have you have you read the whole barchester series i forget
0: I read The Warden in anticipation to this, but I couldn't get any further, so I've only read those two.
1: (laughs) Got it. Okay, well then I... I hesitate to say too much then, um, but all I'll say is that in the next book of the series, Framley Parsinges, I don't know if it's Framley or Framley, we may see some of these characters again. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Something to look forward uh, to. Yes, exactly. Yep.
0: I thought thought that was kind of a fun ending like just just the wedding and everybody's waltzing and yes
1: i love the way it was filmed yeah
0: yes i wanted to go into the the production of it all because i always say before bridgerton there was dr thorne like in this show it is always Mm. summer the grass is always neon chartreuse everybody has eyelash extensions like (laughs) there's there's this intentional fakeness that doesn't try Mm. to hide itself in like It's just like, straight up saying, no, this is the style we're going for. Everybody's going to be wearing flower crowns at all times. Like Mary's gonna have like beach wave bangs and like lipstick. And
1: I, I just love that. I did too. It was so gorgeous. Oh my gosh. The costumes, I, everything was gorgeously shot. Uh, I, and yeah, as you said, idealized in a way, uh, which is interesting because I don't think that the time period is really idealized in the book or in, or even mm. in the series, but, but yeah, the, the the visuals are are so yeah, ideal and gorgeous, yeah, that's so true. And I loved it. I mean, why not? I candy. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it was
0: just it was just really lavish and yes. just a pleasure to look at. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the characters we haven't really talked about is Louis Scatcherd, Son of the Year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what mm. what did we think about him?
1: Oh man. Um, you know, well, I, I did think it was interesting that in the film, they created even a little bit more drama surrounding him. First of all, I, you know, there were a couple scenes with him and Mary where he, you're almost scared yeah. of him. Yeah. you know, and what he's going to do. And he has this, you know, threatening presence to him that wasn't, didn't completely come across in the book quite as much. But, you know, so that was that. Um, and I, I did like how they portrayed just his downward spiral and how, you know, he, he does make, sadly, a fool of himself when, when, at, the further he gets into his reliance on alcohol. But I also thought it was interesting they created more drama with his death too you know there's this horse riding accident mm. but in the book he doesn't have an accident he just you know drinks himself to death basically and just to the point where he's ill and so it was they they created i feel a little bit more drama around his character than the book necessarily gives but i i I could understand that, you know, that they that they that's a little bit more interesting for the television viewer. Um, so it, not as subtle, maybe as the book might make it. Um, but I, I thought it worked, and I, I even though he scared me a little bit, I do also see him as as a very tragic character.
0: Yeah, because I think it would have been a little too competitive maybe to have the dad and the son both
1: die the same
0: way and <laughs>
1: the, the same way show. good yeah. point good point yeah that's a really good point
0: i think you're right that there was also a lot more drama about the servant who was really kind of scary <laughs> like the man servant yeah. that he has because Ugh. he like harassed like dr thorne comes home with a drunk louis they just went to Gres- Greshamsbury everything kind of went horribly and then the servants a hint at something really horrible happening and rewatching it. I was like, Oh my God. Was there like a sexual assault or like, and they don't an go intent. into it into the show. And then in, in the book, it's much more humorous and cleared up. And you know, the that's true. The cook. I wrote it here. Why sir said Janet, the poor girl was so put about that. She did give him one touch across the face with the rolling pin. So it's it's (laughs) just just like this fun scene, but I, I, in the show, it was like kind of scary and sinister.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I guess that maybe goes more, more towards the show being a little bit more with ideals, with the good people being a little more idealized Mm. and the, The people—I don't even want to say bad people or villains because I don't think that is what Trollope makes them. But you know, the people who maybe have several flaws, being even just a couple steps more disturbing, more darker than than the book.
0: Uh, one of my other quotes that I had written down from the show, it's when Frank speaks to Miss Dunstable, and he says he's conflicted about his duty. She says, your duty should be to your queen and your god, not to keeping your family in luxury. Um, and oh. I think that's a really good reminder that he he's getting an education, he could be getting a job, like them losing the estate wouldn't suddenly mean they have to like beg for money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to them, when you've been so up high, like it's such a... It's such a fall when really I think this quote kind of brings you back down to earth. And it's like, these are kind of, in a way, just rich people problems. <laughs>
1: Yes, totally. And I, and in the book, especially like Miss Dunstable really does become, you know, a good friend to Frank and really kind of a moral guide to him. Like in that quotation you just gave, you know, she is the one kind of reminding him, like, think about what what really matters and, and what really makes a, a good person. Um, mm. And she it's just so interesting that that's the character who is the one who gives him that advice that really nobody else in his life gives him. And, you know, it is interesting that she's, like you said, you know, the rich people problem idea. And yet, you know, at the end of the book, the rich people problems are solved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tidily. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it, but it is interesting that maybe because of her extreme wealth, She knows how important it is to have somebody just love you for who you are and like cherish that you have this connection with Mary because not everybody gets to form those relationships if you are only seen as like this cash cow the way she is. Yes,
1: totally. I agree. I agree. And, you know, her money came from. Presumably, or uh, you know, people in her family working really hard um, to get that money, you know, and creating an empire, right? Um, mm-hmm. Whereas the old, the old money of Frank's family, uh, have they done anything, you know, to to deserve it or make it better? Uh, they've kind of done the opposite, and Frank is in a position where. he he doesn't really know how to make himself useful in the world yet. And he's been put into that position by this, you know, old family money situation.
0: Yeah, I think that's why his parents also really come into play. And you can really see that in the show as to how confused he is and what he has to do. And the dad having lost all this money, and he's kind of like, A sad sack yet he's also so kind and Mm. and giving and and it kind of seems like good cop bad cop right where the mom is always put into this position of like well i can't be like the disney dad all the time like i have to give the kids like the tough love and how does that influence the relationships between the children and their parents like you can see that playing out in the modern day even though this book is like over 100 years
1: old (laughs) yeah that's true and Over and over again in, in a lot of trollop stories and, and portrayals of marriages, the woman is the strong one and the man is the weak one. Mm. I mean, it does happen again and again and, and strength can, be good or bad, you know, depending on what virtues you, you know, are looking for. Um, but it is so often that the woman is the one that has the strength to try to keep things together. Again, whether mm. that path is right or wrong is debatable, but you know, they're the one with the, the character or sometimes the integrity. Whereas a lot of times the men are just weak in different ways which i just think is so interesting
0: <laughs> i think Trollope was as you said completely aware of this they they are allowed to be weak they are allowed to gallivant about they can commit mm. a murder yes. and then be like titled and have like a fortune and, and, and you know there's it's frustrating <laughs>
1: I love that. No, that is such a good point. And that is, that is so true. They can go around beating each other up and then, but then <laughs> they can still, you know, go to their clubs and have yeah. a choice of what, what they're going to do. Whereas women are so limited. And I think that's why the decisions that the, you know, women have to make and Mary has to make as to whether she can marry Frank or not. There just seems so much at stake there because it is, it, it's like their future and their life and their happiness that's a lot that's at stake and with women it's just it's heightened and i think he really captures that
0: i agree um as i was watching this i also was wondering if this works as a romance because frank and mary spend Mm -hmm. very little time together like in episode one and two um their part but i think that's done intentionally and i think it also really works to draw out the tension i think julian fellows mm. did a good job with it because when frank finally reappears he says i'm too far in my mother has asked me not to see mary and i've kept to that but it had al- it has altered nothing so i think we needed mm. that time apart to really test their love And kind of have Frank prove himself and like to return. I I think it worked in the in the series. I know Trollope has so many balls that he's juggling, and this isn't like a romance book per se. But
1: no, I agree. And like you said, he Frank Frank needs a little bit of extra time to grow up. You know, he he does, and I, I think does that even more but I do yeah I agree I think the tension was created in the series and and at the end I was like swooning like oh yeah. you know so- <laughs>
0: <laughs> me too so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. One of my other favorite scenes is in episode 3 when Lady Arabella comes to Dr. Thorne to ask him to stop Mary from associating with her daughter Beatrice and the two are best friends and he refuses to do that. And she says, good day, and she storms off, but then she stops at the closed parlor door and waits for him to open it for her. To open the door, and Just, yeah. like, her poise and stubbornness and outrage, but then also, like, he's a gentleman, he's gonna open the door, and they're both just, like, not making yeah. eye contact. It's, it's so brilliant and oh, says so much about these two characters and who they are. Yes. And, oh, I just It giggled. was
1: good. <laughs> Although, I, I, I have to say, I loved that. Uh, that moment at the door was priceless. But I do have to say, that is another scene where I was really sad that they took away some of the humor that's in the book. Because in the book, that scene takes place in, like, his personal office, and he has... These thigh bones that are oh like my sitting God. at his desk—that he that. En- he—he has like a skull in one spot, and then he has these thigh bones that Trollope says he enjoys flourishing when he's talking emphatically. <laughs> and so, like in the scene, it's just like every other paragraph, Trollope will like give us the status of the thigh bones and like what <laughs> and what Doctor Thorne's doing with them. And at one time, he like practically shakes them in her face and like. And, <laughs> another point Charles. like lady arabella did become concerned with with the proximity of the thigh bones (laughs) it's just really really funny and i was really sad that i didn't get to see the thigh bones (laughs) so
0: that would have been great i'm so glad you (laughs) reminded me of that (laughs) oh well (laughs) were there any other notes you had any other little scenes or quotes
1: um, well, I will say even I've been complaining about the hu- some humor in certain scenes being taken out. I did like the miniseries actually added some humor or ridiculousness at the end in the way that Mary was revealed to be an heiress, specifically to Lady Arabella. In the book it's it's much quieter, but in the movie we got that, you know, scene where she's freaking out and her whole family is laughing at her. Oh, and so weird. I that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I was like, All right, here's some here's some humor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when when Doctor Thorne's like, Oh yes, Mary did break it off and the mom is all relieved and he's like, Oh, it's too bad she could have she could have saved the estate and then he walks out and they're like, wait, 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 wait a minute <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That was pretty great.
0: Uh, I This is another really small note, but there's another doctor character in the book called Dr. Philgrave. It's like a classic troll of name. Um, and I, I think it was a good choice to leave him out and to kind of just like condense the story a little bit and keep it tight.
1: Right. I agree. And, and especially because sometimes the issues with Thorne and Philgrave sometimes they do kind of reflect poorly on Thorn and just how proud he is Mm -hmm. and how he kind of distances himself from people. And I don't think the miniseries wanted to get into that. (laughs) So,
0: Yes. Isn't there a whole uh, bit in the book about how he, like you said, he has distanced himself from his own relatives too.
1: Yes. Yes. The thorns of Ollathorn who are really fun characters that are in some of the other uh, Barchester books. Mm. And, and, and yeah, Because his father fought with them, he has, you know, not had a good relationship with them, even though he's so proud of the Thorn name and the Thorn blood, which is something that the miniseries doesn't really get into his pride that he actually does have about that. He yeah, he he has kind of distanced himself from them. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's why. That's why he's called Thorn, right? That that thorniness that, yes. you know, Trollope does that on purpose. And it's like, it could be silly, but I think because he takes his characters so seriously and he doesn't always, they're not caricatures, like you said, we kind yeah. of just go along with it.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And, and, and even sometimes, like, it took me a while to like Dr. Thorne mm-hmm. and even to an extent, Mary in the book, because, you know, of some of those things, but then... You just start to, you know, see, well, it's not like all of my prejudices are completely rational, you know? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) they are human. Yeah. But that's kind of, that's
0: all I had. That was all my notes for Dr. Thorne.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. We ended up talking about like everything that stuck out to me. So (laughs)
0: yeah. Again, thank you for coming on. You're like my trollop expert. Thanks for watching the show.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. I was so exciting for me to revisit it because I loved this book so much. I and so it was so much fun to watch the mini-series and, and talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you online?
0: Where can they follow you?
1: Sure. So really the main area is my bookstagram account on Instagram. Um, and on Instagram, I am I like old books 1213. Um, and I talk about a lot of old books <laughs> like, you know, Trollope, but I also, I'm, I work at a bookstore, so I do keep up on, you know, more new releases as well. So there's a variety there. Nice.
0: Nice. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Yes. Thank you.
0: Is Dr. Thorne. Dr. Thorne. Dr. Thorne. Dr. Thorne. Dr. Thorne.